Welcome back, everybody. It's time for another episode of Living Hope, our weekly journey designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer, sharing the real-life stories of those really affected by this deadly disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. With our host, who knows her way around the studio so well we don't have to even show her anything anymore here, Roberta Luna here. Roberta Luna, welcome to the show. Thank you. And just for those of you who may be trying to watch <laughs> and, and not able before Paul throws me under the bus, just wanted to let you know, apparently I walked into the studio and I unplugged all the cameras. So. <laughs> she did. She found the one wire and we can't figure out how to get him to work again here. So today you get to enjoy it as an audio only presentation here today. <laughs> so, sorry about that. But you know what? That's what it is. A <laughs> hundred wires and she found the right one here. So There you go. Like I said, my dad said I never did anything half-assed the wife started now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today I have a guest returning, Stephanie Ribacava Ho, which I'm really happy to have her come back. She's been here a couple of times. But we kind of, she describes herself as a wife, boy, mom, which I can really relate to because I have two sons myself as well. And my screen just went like. <laughs> Oh, geez. So we're having fun here. She's a sister, auntie, friend, activist, advocate, caregiver, control engineer. Again, I can really relate with. <laughs> An awesome volunteer with the Orange County affiliate of PanCan and a retired makeup artist. Wow, talk about hats. You have a lot there that you're going on. Can you just give us a little uh, background again about your connection with pancreatic cancer for those who may not know? I lost my maternal grandmother. Gosh, I can't even remember how long ago. And I lost my mother-in-law in 2015. And you started volunteering with PenCan how long after or at what point in time? I started volunteering in 2012. And I had read some inspirational books and I felt like I needed to do something. And I was really still grieving the loss of my grandmother and it had been years and so I contacted Roberta Luna (laughs) and I went to an affiliate meeting and I was really really nervous and everybody was so kind and after that it was history I just I wanted to be there and being around all these people that shared something they had something in common it really helped me get through my grief and it started to heal me and it really really affected how I became a mom or how I parented and being a wife it it really healed me and so I'm so grateful for the friends and the experience you know of being a part of the Orange County affiliate yeah we say it's a family none of us want to be a member of but once you know you get in touch with us we do we feel that kinship and like it is a family because it's such a devastating disease it's different than any other cancer yes all cancers are bad and i wish we had none of them but this one is particularly difficult because of the low survival rate the you know the early detection is not available to us and just so many other things that when we do connect even though maybe our stories are different we still have that common denominator that thread that binds us together and i think it's a long thread and it's something that i've been very grateful to as well and the Fishers and Jody, Emily Martinez opened up to me and Vic when we first found them too. How did you find the affiliate or how did you come across PanCan as a whole? I Googled it. Oh my God. Yeah, I looked up my grandmother's cancer and because I really didn't know much about it, 
I knew the experience of, you know, end of life care, but I didn't know much about it. And so I Googled it and I started really, you know, studying it and I wanted to be a part of a group. I wanted to volunteer. And so I found PanCan through Google and, you know, Googling pancreatic cancer. Why volunteer for a cancer that many feel has such a dismal outcome? Well, I think when you advocate, you bring awareness and with awareness comes interest and involvement. You fundraise for research, you advocate for research. And, you know, with that comes early detection. And I think that improves survival in the long run. You mentioned that it changed your way as far as being a mom and stuff. How did it contribute to that? Well, at first it was healing and, you know, I was hurting. It was such a great loss losing my grandmother. She was like a second mother to me. And then it became, I started to feel empowered. And in that group, there was so much faith in me and so much trust and respect and kindness I started to have a voice people listened you know to my ideas and gave me a chance and it made me feel strong and being around people that had this in common but also you know they had a drive you know we're gonna do this and I just felt like being a part of a group like that it really made me feel empowered do you want to tell us a little bit about your grandmother? You said she was like a mother to you, and I know she's a very special lady. I remember your, some of your stories. Do you want to share a little bit with her? Yeah, she was beautiful. Her soul, you know, she just, she was generous. She was everybody's favorite sister, aunt, friend. She really knew how to make you feel special. And... I could go to her with a problem and that was anybody and she'd be like okay we're gonna we're gonna figure this out we're gonna fix it. it's gonna be okay and after everything was done and you know resolved I would say you know how did you know it was gonna be okay and she said I didn't I was just praying it you know and I was gonna figure it help you figure it out so you know just that sense of comfort and um, security I think that's my favorite part of her and she liked to have a good time she was kind of wild and funny and conservative all at the same time. I feel every time I talk about her, I know I light up because I just love her so much still. And I talk to her all the time. Uh, my kids know her and they weren't even alive when she was here on earth. But she was just so special and to a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm sorry you can't see her. But yes, Stephanie really does light up when she talks about her grandmother. And that's really a positive thing and you know we always talk about caregivers and caregivers come in different forms you probably weren't the traditional caregiver what people might think of doctor appointments and that kind of thing but you were her caregiver in another way can you kind of just tell us a little bit about that I would go after work and I would dance for her because she loved you know um, a good variety show she was an excellent dancer or I would read to her or you know she wanted a beard pour it I'd wheel her around the house or I would just sit with her and hold her hand 
and she got really, really sick um, at Christmas time, and she wanted her home decorated and cookies made and tamales mm. made, and so we did those things. Her her final wishes, we made sure those were done. It, it's really important because, like I said, caregiving comes in so different, you know, many different ways. You can be the person that goes out and does the grocery shopping or the bill pays or the house cleaning or taking care of all the medical part, but also taking care of that personal thing and what they want is really, really important. Do you have um, a favorite event that you do as a volunteer? Purple Stride. <laughs> we just finished Purple Stride April 29th this year. Um, what are your thoughts or what, what makes it special for you? Um, every year it's different. And over the years, my role has changed uh, for Purple Stride. I'd say my favorite part about it this year was really getting to talk to the people that attended and listening to their stories. And for the first time, I got to share my story because normally I'm so busy, you know, getting things done that I don't really have a chance to interact with people really and I think sometimes the people that attend don't realize that we have suffered a loss or we're going through fighting cancer um, or they think we're employed. And um, this year I got to I got to interview people and um, I to like kind of loosen them up and, you know, get them to open up. I shared my connection and I just felt a difference and getting to see their faces and really open up and talk about the person that they love or the people that they love um, and having gratitude. It was so beautiful. I left there feeling so light and feel so much love. And they all had two things that they said that was in common every time. And it was that they felt hope and that they felt love. And I thought, gosh, that's so magic because that's exactly what we want. And that's how we feel with each other. So I this year it was getting to talk to people that attended. Yeah, thank you for doing that. We'll try to get some little snippets at some point in another um, episode so people can hear that because it really was amazing. And I, if I'm not wrong, I think the majority of the people that you had spoken with had lost somebody, correct? Correct. And they still felt, even though they had lost somebody, they still felt that hope. Yes, they felt they felt grateful too that there was so many people there and they were hoping that fighting for a cure hoping that you know that that's you know where we're going to get to and they all said that you know there was a lot of emotion but every single person said they felt hope and thank you you did that for um living hope you went out and we thought we wanted to do it and wanted to give it a try and see how it worked out and i think it's something we want to probably continue for next year i hope is there one of those stories that maybe stands out a little bit more to you than anybody else's i spoke to a survivor and she was a young woman she was there with her husband and she had come into the survivor tent and i asked her if she was a survivor and she said well i don't know i've I've been fighting for two years and I told her absolutely, absolutely a survivor. And she was just so strong and she was hopeful and her husband such a great support. It's like Vic, you know, um, and you could just see how much he loved his, or loves his wife. And at the end of our talk, he 
wanted to make sure that we knew how grateful he was to us for, you know, putting the event on and for being a part of a group and spreading love. So I thought that was really, that was big. I, I've never really experienced that before. And it was, I thought that was so big of him to think of us, you know, when he's going through something, you know, with his wife. It's hard to explain Purple Stride. You almost have to be there to really understand it because we're getting together. And unfortunately, most of the people that are there have lost somebody. Yes. So to have them come and to feel hope and to feel, I mean, you see their emotions, yes, but they're there and they're positive and they're doing everything they can, you know, to bring to bring awareness. It's just an event that you really, you have to experience it to really understand it. Absolutely. I feel, I've said this before, I've described it as a state of mind. You get there, the feeling, it's just so much bigger than your own. And you're there and you're listening to people talk and you're a part of something, a big group and uh, having it at Angel Stadium with, you know, loved ones on the Jumbotron. I mean, that is just so moving and so beautiful. I don't care how many times I see my pic, the pictures of my loved ones. It moves me to tears every single time I see it. It's just, it's wonderful. It really is. And just to explain a little bit, we have something we call the Path of Heroes. And when we were at the park, what we did is we decorated a page that looked kind of like it came from a scrapbook and it lined the path that you walked. Well, it's a little hard to do that at Angel Stadium, but JB Hasso, our affiliate chair and also employee of the Angels got this great idea about let's put it on the Jumbotron. So this is the second year that we've done that. And um, last year was great, but this mm -hmm. year was even better because he was able to do a lot with it. And it is, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, I hate to admit this, but to see, like you said, my loved one's pictures up there on the Jumbotron and to be able to walk the field, it yes. was just something really special. Even like I said, for somebody, for me, not to be a big baseball fan, it was really special to know that I was walking that same path that others had walked that are really, you know, great inspirations as far as ball players and just to see the, our loved ones up there, it was really, truly amazing. And if I can really put something out there, if you really want to do something, you want to volunteer, you want to, you know, do the Purple Stride, we have our date for um, 24. It's the last Saturday of the month. And just keep that in mind, put a save the date. But how would you encourage people? Would you encourage people, I'm sure, to come out, volunteer, participate? What would your be your best advice? I don't know if there are words of wisdom, but I feel like volunteering with the group is uh, it's a reward in itself. You're putting on something for people, giving them hope, um, giving them a place to be. It, back to the Jumbotron, they also do a live feed of people looking at their loved ones and volunteering and knowing that you're a part of giving someone a gift like that, getting to see their loved one. Um, it, it, it's, it's so beautiful. So I'd say, you know, just being a part of giving a little something back to people that are that are trying to get through their grief is a reward in itself. It really, really is. And then being a part of a group, this group of people is so loving and so generous. I've I never thought I'd have friends like this, you know, just concerned for each other and just they really care for one another 
So that too, the friendships you make with the people that you volunteer with, you can't, I don't know, it just, I don't know, I never thought I would have friendships like that. Yeah, it's something truly amazing because yes, we, we put on events, we do Purple Light, Purple Stripe, other events, but we do things socially together as well. And it is, it's like a friendship. We see each other, we hug each other, we're really happy to see each other. How are you? How are you doing? And it's just something that's really hard to explain. But um, I found great peace here as well in a way to honor and remember my family as well and, you know, to move on. And it it helps because we never forget. And grieving is different for everybody. So however you grieve, it's not wrong. But try to put that grief maybe into something positive by coming out and volunteering or just getting in touch and seeing what maybe you can do. No job is too small, I'd say you know any little help or hour you can give it's you know no role is too small especially for for purple stride anything you can do is appreciated and it's valued i know you you talked about your role was different this year i know you were more behind the scenes for a number of years because you were our volunteer event day chair which in itself is a huge take on <laughs> and you did an awesome job. So we really thank you for the years that you put into that. But how was that experience different than what you did for us this year? I'd say I missed it. <laughs> I think I felt like a craziness. <laughs> I did. I felt like a part of me was missing. I got there and I'm like, wait, what did I forget? Oh, wait, nothing. But I liked being able to just kind of be free to walk around. I got to see a lot of the old affiliates, you know, people that, you know, I've gotten to know over the years and really talk to them. I got to speak to people in the public, people that didn't want to be interviewed. They weren't comfortable, but they wanted to talk. And it's great when you're able to give that to someone to just listen, you know, just really listen to them. They want to say something. You just, you just let them. And I got to help with a survivor tent. So that was, that was a big deal to me. I'd say I missed the, you know, that big role of being a chair. But like I said, my favorite part about Purple Stride was getting to talk to people. Yeah, I think that's always um, my favorite part in VIX as well. And sometimes it's really hard for us because we're being torn in so many different areas. But we always try to at least let everybody know how much we appreciate what they're doing. Like you say, nothing is too little. Any, any input, anything that you do, just coming out to the event, wearing the purple shirt, wearing the wristband, a ribbon and when people ask just telling them what it's about is you know sharing your story it's a, a way to not only remember and honor those that maybe you've lost but also to support the survivors and the families that are going through it absolutely and is there any last words you can like i don't know just really push for volunteering how 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 it might make you feel or just how it done a good great job of expressing how it makes you feel but just to maybe that would push somebody to really want to get involved like i said our survival rate's not you know the best it's really dismal for a lot of people and to come out and really fight for a cancer like this it's really important well i'd say for people that have lost a loved one i think it's the best way you can honor someone is to really give yourself uh and in in honor of them um, but I think it's giving hope to families that were in your position, that are in your position. I don't think you'll ever be sorry for giving some time to something bigger than yourself. But the friendships, they become like family. 
So I think um, you get a sense of belonging and you get to do something that's completely selfless. It really is. And it's just so easy. And I remember the first purple stride I did. I left there feeling proud of myself that I got to do something that had little to do with me and everything to do with so many more people. And it was so easy to do. Uh, and then over the years, it kind of just it gets addicting, right? You want to go back and meet people or you want to be in this big group or like when it's really rolling, you see tons of people and you're like, Jesus is big. My, my father hadn't been to one and he, he went one year when I was still volunteer chair. And I think he thought it was like this little, like, you know, <laughs> fundraiser. And he was like, oh my gosh, this is humongous. And he saw all the volunteers. And so it made my dad proud of me too. So maybe that <laughs> make your dad proud. <laughs> it's, it's a great feeling. I mean, I, re I can remember our first purple stride in 2009 and you know, when we went to the park, they said, well, how many people do you think you'll have? And we were thinking, wow, we'll be lucky to have a hundred. When we walked in and we had over 800 people, it was overwhelming to see that sea of purple and to know, oh my God, you know, this is such a, an, an, a huge event and to go from where we finished this year to almost 1300. Um, you know, so it, it's, it, it is, it's something that you just look at and you just walk away amazed. And when somebody comes up to you and thanks you for all the hard work that you put into it, it's just, it's just a heartwarming and it's really difficult to walk away. I know Vic, we've been doing it for 15 years and we keep thinking, okay, we need to get some new blood in, but it's just so hard to walk away when somebody comes up to you and it's just so thankful for all the work that goes into it. And again, we have a new date is in April 20 year 2024 it's the last Saturday I'm sorry I don't have that date in my brain right now but you can go to purplestride.org slash OC and the new date should be up there and the the new website will be opening up probably towards the end of summer so you can register get your teams going volunteer um, get what hopefully you want to do for your path of heroes not sure where we're going to be yet this next year we're still hoping for angel stadium so keep your fingers crossed and light those candles or prayers or whatever to get us back into angel stadium but thank you stephanie for being here today and sharing your journey again we really do appreciate it thank you for having me yeah. As long as you speak my name, I shall live forever is dedicated today to my dad, Bill Whitson, also known as Gramps. He died 25 years ago today from pancreatic cancer. And he, I think, would be so proud of what's been happening the last 25 years and to know he would have done anything he could to be a part of it. So thanks, Gramps, for everything you gave me. And we're out. <laughs> And there you have it. One more reason to tune in each and every time, even if you can only hear it today. <laughs> On OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center with Living Hope. And if you need some living hope, if there's somebody you know that needs a, some help right now, there's organizations out there, one of which is certainly PanCan. Just contact them at 877-2-PAN-CAN. That's 877 and the number 2, P-A-N-C-A-N, for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. For the OC Talk Radio Network, thanking you for uh, riding along with us. It's always a journey, and we hope that you'll join us and share this with others. Thanks so much. See you again. <laughs>